be listening to this show. Well, indeed, Mike Myers, Radio Mike, Radio Hope, Radio Mike, same thing it feels like. Radio Hope is on the line with me to start it off, and yes, he actually helped me with the title, so he is a screenwriter as well for my podcast. How do you, how do you feel about doing it all for me uh, in the morning at 8 a.m., just getting me up off my foot? What did you just say? I said, how How's it feel to get me off on the, you know, to start me off on the right foot every day? Because I think you literally helped me with that one way or another, whether it's creating a title or getting me out of bed. You're there helping me, along with Gabriella, of course. She also helps too. So, extremely humbling, honestly, extremely humbling. I mean that. Well, let's talk for a bit because uh, talking with Radio Hope, I, I have a couple of things boiling in my mind today that you might be able to help me with. Do you agree that governors should now be giving people a third option? Uh, if they want to do a third lockdown, the option to vote on it. I mean, I just feel like when these governors start to really say, hey, you know, we're going to lock you in again. Shouldn't that be a people's choice at this point with all the positives coming through with the testing and all that? Well, actually, I think maybe it should have been in the first place yesterday i had a, a constitutional expert on and it was eye-opening i know so little about it i didn't know each state had its own constitution it does uh, it really does and um every state of course can amend the constitution we just had the we possibly had a constitutional convention a couple of years ago but that fell through um because people don't understand it i guess well, and that's part of the that's part of the problem, you know. It's it's the the lack of knowledge. I think if or something, I think God said something about that. Because the lack of knowledge, my people will perish. I think that's the first. Well, what was the what was the conversation like with uh, your guest yesterday? Not only at electoral college, but having you know with the state constitution. What did you think about that when you guys were talking about it? Amazing. It just put such a different light on on just a lot of stuff and I, I don't want to walk around being uh, ignorant mm, I you know, totally that's not, that's not stupid there's a big difference well I totally no no I totally agree and I think our state needs needs more of that um, awareness that yeah we have a constitution and it could be amended if we really wanted to um, but that's a different story how is the electoral college portion I know you were di dying I hate to say that in a term like today but I know you were itching to talk to your guest about that, too. Well, actually, when you're talking about itching, it reminds me of uh, Joe and what he went through. Um, and then there are there's a couple of stories in the Bible about uh, God giving people um, what we think might have just been uh, hemorrhoids. Um, anyway, back to what was your question? <laughs> uh-huh. Well, well why don't, I know you were on that path, so why don't you tell us that story? I mean, it's just... Uh... You went down that path, uh, finish no. that road if you want to. Well, I just know people are itching to get rid of them. Um, lack of knowledge. Uh, I'm really kind of all over the place this morning already because of some stuff I posted yesterday. And I'm really serious about, as of today, as of this morning, I have not read a post stuff that I just posted about social distancing. I, I need to do this for my own mental health. So, anyway. So you'll be social media distancing is what you were telling me earlier. It, as a matter of fact, uh, I will, and uh, I would appreciate it if you could send me, uh, if I don't have it already, your email address, because you and I will just be communicating for a while by uh, text messaging and phone calls. Private. Okay. Okay. I'm serious about this. It got it got ugly last night. Uh, was it mainly people in Iowa fighting back, or was it like a nationwide thing that people were commenting? Like, what uh, what were the regions that were commenting? Well, it was primarily a local thing because uh, our governor has decided that um, it's time to open up the farmers markets, and oh my gosh, I thought that was a good thing. But I also said, people just be wise. And uh, what was the 
another one. Be wise and something. Oh, be wise and be optimistic. Well, that's the problem. See, they don't even want, they're a sector that doesn't even want to open up ever again. And I'm like, no, you can't have that mentality. That'll get us nowhere. Oh, I forgot. You want us to go nowhere now. Now that you have the grips on us, you want us to go nowhere. I, I kind of remember that now. Well, and then there's some information out there on Fauci that I, I posted t- another deal that kind of sort of ignited some, some not a lot. A friend of mine that actually was there when my, uh, she called the, the nursing home when I got my mother there yesterday or the day before and she was puking her guts out. Uh, this gal was kind enough to uh, call up the, one of the nurses she knew and they came out and helped clean her up. But um, she's definitely not a Trump fan. And, uh, you know, people have taken this whole thing about, oh, what is it, the disinfectant and just twisted the heck out of trying to make him look like an. Well, oh, it's just the, the hatred is just crazy. He didn't say drink bleach. I don't know where people got that impression that he said that. What he, what I did have an issue with though is that he said use disinfectant by injection. I need an explanation on what the heck he meant by that. I don't understand why he said something like that. You you don't what he meant about the disinfectant by injection. That was I mean, that was oh that yeah. was worrisome for me. Oh. But what I remember, what I, what I heard was that people were saying he said drink bleach. He never said drink bleach, people. That I know for a fact. They were talking about the effect of like ultraviolet light rays and disinfecting your hands and stuff. You know, like when you go wash your some of the hand machines, warming whatever they are, where you put your hand under there and it's got the purple light or whatever and. It, that's the reference that he was making. He just didn't explain himself well. And I can raise my hand on that. I don't either. Well, let I me... sometimes really mess up words. And but you know, know this has led to a, process... this has led to a further issue. By the way, he's no longer doing press briefings to an extended time now. So that's kind of an interesting change right. we saw. And I think it's smart. Even a even a, God says even a fool seems wise if he keeps his mouth shut. That's quite a proverb. Well, that's my Meyerism for today. It is so true. That's my Meyerism because it's so true. And I don't think Trump's a fool. I just think every time... No, I don't either. Every time he would go in the Q&A every day with this, he just looked bad. They did things to make him look bad, and he took the bait, and it was not good for him, actually. He is somebody who... um... You know, like, uh, you, you don't lie prostate, you lie prostrate before the Lord if you're going to lie before him. Actually, don't lie, because he knows the truth. And see, see, there's where my thinking goes. It just, it's scatterbrained this shit a little bit. Mm. Well, you were saying that you felt like you were like him a little bit, that you don't, you, you sometimes don't know how to word things, and it just comes out awful, and I, I disrupted your thought pattern there. I thought you were going on an interesting route there. For a second. Um, well, uh, I don't know. I just, just, I just can't keep it. I just can't keep exposing myself. Uh, wait a minute. I got to finish that sentence. Uh, yes, you do. There are times I like to expose myself, but uh, as far as... Michael, the, the, the kids are listening. Yeah. Come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You could say whatever. Heck Don't do that. I, 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 oh man. You see now, you and I are done too. Guess what? I'll get to something. Yesterday, these two young people came by. They're young to me, and they, they, they were one. The gal was all choked up, and they were so excited because they had just gotten rid of all of their drugs, and they're, they're, they're trying to start afresh in life. And I hugged this guy. Mm. Mm. Isn't that terrible? I hugged him. I think it's beautiful. He was like. 12 or 13. I think it's beautiful. I don't know why it's terrible. I think if they're okay, hug away. I don't know. Maybe I'm... Well, I don't know for sure. So I guess, you know, I guess I was just stupid and I hate people and I want everybody to die because I hugged this person. Sarcasm. (laughs) I could tell. You and Trump with the sarcasm vein, you know? Um, Well... It's a gift. Okay, now, now you got me to my next other point that I want to talk about, which I can relate to you because we both 
saw our parents. I saw my dad yesterday. I'm able to go public with that for the first time in three weeks. And I think it's kind of wild how you had just seen your mom two days before. And now I get to see my dad after three weeks and quarantining and whatnot in the city. Anyway, masks are kind of patriotic at this point because you want to protect your, your loved ones. And I know Ed Delgado. I love it. But I know that he doesn't think the mask thing is is needed. I know he doesn't think, you know, it should be, you know, people should be wear should be wearing it. But I say, you know what? It's a patriotic act to actually protect yourself right now. But they cannot make us wear masks forever, right? <laughs> well, and that's the other thing when you have people saying, you know, uh, yesterday when I, I think it was yesterday, I used the term business as usual. And you pointed that out. And that was a part of my Facebook post. And business as usual. I'm looking forward to it, but there are people, there are pessimists out there saying, it ain't going to happen, folks. You better get used to this. And until we come up with a vaccine, Bill Gates, money, probably, mm. uh, forget it because we're not going, it's not going to be normal again. No, we're, it's not going to be normal. Although I did think it was, we, there were, there was such a weird thing where I saw city workers not wearing masks. And as Ed pointed out, why aren't these officials wearing masks? Why aren't the Cuomos of the world and the de Blasios who are seriously going hard on us wearing masks, why aren't they doing it? Why aren't they setting the example? Very interesting point well, I, I think he makes. Well, I guess it has to do, you know, it's kind of like the, 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 the pastors that need a second jet while they, because the other one is maybe, I don't know, getting refueled. I don't know. I mean, it's just crazy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> all right so i guess social media distancing is going to be your title and i'm sure you're going to go deeper than just the title there so what can we expect today at 9 and 9 a.m on radio hope well uh i uh I, I have a list here believe it or not uh a mommy's progress uh optimism or pessimism and i'll be playing the song Pessy mystic by mr alex cooper one of my favorite evangelists um, I'm going to have Eric Kretzinger in the studio on Thursday, who's running for local office. And uh, let's see, uh, might put my mom on for just a short time. And Hosea 4, verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject mm. you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, mm. I also will forget your children. Ouch. <laughs> that's kind of That's kind of heavy. That is heavy, and and I'm sure we're going to hear an explanation on that. And and I guess you feel that's relevant to the time we're in, right? Well, actually, the book of Hosea, God tells Hosea to go marry a whore. Hmm. All right, so I don't, I don't, I'm not that deep into the Bible, but I definitely will now check out that that part of it just to it see. It is what an to... amazing story. And if you, it, it really has a lot to do with idolatry. And if you happen to uh, uh, check out the message, which is uh, was written by Eugene Peterson, it's his translation of scripture, you will find the word whore instead of adulterous. Huh. I prefer whore. Well, now that, I got it, now, now that we're on this, what do you think of all the translations that go on, the New King James, the King James Bible? Like, is what is your go-to version for the Bible, and, and what's most accurate? Would you say? You know, I'm having a little bit of a spiritual o right now because I, I what you're saying is reminding me of the, it would be the New King James. If I had to grab one, as I ran out of the house, no, I'd probably grab my parallel, which is the NIV, the New International Version, and the Message. Probably would grab that one because it's larger print, but. I, I, other than that, it would be the New King James, actually, would be the... I believe I have an... I actually took Bible in college, and I think I have the NIV still. I have it in my shelf here, so I'm going to... Let me look at it. I love how hands-on it was for me to understand it all, so that was that was good. Well, the KJV would be... No, the, the uh, NIV people, the KJV people say, uh, well, so you're reading the non-inspired version. It's like, what? Ever, gee, mm. people, lighten up! Oh, I should have squeezed my cow. Or that that little uh, pooter you, you keep talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because squeezing cows is <laughs> I gotta not. Practice. 
Only do that if you need your milk, I guess. So. <laughs> okay, well, hey, I love you, man. Love and, you, bud. And, and, and email address, uh, Well, that's kind of simple, Mike. Uh, get in touch with him, Mike at RadioHopeShow.com, because it looks like he's well, going off the grid social media-wise. And I won't be checking in with you on Messenger anymore, because I just removed that from my phone, and I'm not going to be reading the responses to my post this morning. I'm done. i got to do this for my own mental and spiritual health. I'm you, totally serious. Oof. Mike at RadioHopeShow.com. I'm writing it down as we speak. So, all right. Well, I gotta ask you this last question. How long do you think it lasts? How long can you be social media celibate, if you will? <laughs> I'm writing that term down. Social media. <laughs> uh, well, until the uh, the what do they call that when the you know the line that they use to that starts to taper off and level off when the hatred begins to uh, level off. So I really don't know how long it'll be. It might be best for me just to... Uh, uh, oh, my know, goodness. Oh, can you see the news media, the new, the weatherman? Hatred today with uh, tapering off later today. Well, 40% chance of hatred. Uh, tapering off, though, once we hit the nighttime. Well, the guy that is a regular that I've come to be really, what I think pretty good friends with to the point where he's watching my garage door to see if it's open or not, I think he's a little upset with me right now. He mentioned Sweden when I talked about people, you know, let's let's kind of start to get back to quote normal. And he mentioned Sweden, and I looked that up this morning, and evidently he was he was kind of he was slamming me. You know, tell the people of Sweden that because they're it's pretty nasty in Sweden right now. Well, you know what? I want you to remove yourself from the nastiness of social media. I can't wait to hear about it. We can't wait to hear about it. Radio Hope, nine a.m. Eastern. Hey, Mike, we'll do it again tomorrow morning. God bless, man. Okay. Alex, I love you, man. Love if you, too. If you were here right now, I'd hug, I'd hug you. Absolutely. Uh, God bless you, Mike, and we'll we'll be listening. Bye. Bye. All right, bye. All right, that was the always informative, entertaining Mike Myers Radio Hope. And now, without further ado, my guest today, Andrew Maggio, talks about how he is living through COVID-19 um, with autism and how he has really, really uh, developed a platform to talk about his triumphs, struggles, and everything in between with autism. Andrew, welcome aboard. All right. Well, I have a very good friend here on the Saturday sit-down. His name is Andrew Maggio, and his message as someone with autism is getting out there. I've seen him do conferences. By the way, Andrew, welcome in. Thank you. You and I were on the Irish trip together. We all went to Ireland with the Physically Challenged Irish Learn Youth Team. That was 11 years ago. And since then, 12. Tell, 12. tell us your journey, uh, telling your story and inspiring people and, and, and whatnot, educating people actually as well. Well, where do I begin? Well, Growing up with autism was not an easy task. As there were multiple obstacles I had to face. Some of which, 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 I, which were very challenging, particularly the social skills. Now, now of course, course, even though no, it was the 90s at the time when I was growing up, not, not, it, not, not, it was like, how I put this, it was still a little bit, bit, bit known. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, years ago, no, for me, me, uh, me with the with, with autism, it, it was like a it was like something new, something unique. Although, although historically speaking, the or, the term art, autism didn't come until oh, the nineteenth. Until the 1940s, when when the acronym for autism comes from the word art, art meaning meaning self. Oh, okay. But uh, but as for me, for me, um, me um, growing up with it, as I mentioned, it's not an easy task. They were like, like what, like finding services and, and to see well how. 
how is how is this going to help me get into to the working world how is this going to help me get into the into the world world of of education well carries on on certain things because i've been because for most of my life i've been been in in the special ed ed world now now i know some of you who may be listening might be thinking but 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 my child is not in special ed and 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 well you know in you know it varies on on different people who are are who who go on the educating field some may may do do regular ed some may do special ed and there may be the occasional doing both it all depends on where on on your child's needs needs and you know if they if they and if you and if they feel like they're ready for a challenge challenge go for it i mean don't just hide them in them in the dark don't just hide them in the corner corner go push your push your child to do to do the 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 possible that's what to do that that's the thing so and i find that in the autism community some people are very late to figure out that their child has it because there's some stigma to getting it figured out right that they have autism what's your message to those who are afraid to get the diagnosis if signs are showing do not be afraid to do testing for autism it may sound scary at first but first but my message is if you gotta start with the early ch- child intervention and because as 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 if you do it too late late then then you may find find out now by the time your child reaches like like 12, 13, or 14, that, oh, 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 my child has autism all, all mm. and I should have given him, given him or her, her spe- special treatment. No, you have to start early intervention. Otherwise, why, why, why is, why is your, ch- your child is pretty much screwed over. Right. And so y- you've been on, you've been to St. Rose. Did you graduate St. Rose already? Yes, I graduated in 2014. 14 and and you know despite having an IEP diploma I there was I managed to um get the college education in now I didn't get a bachelor's or a master's but I got a certified I I I certificate and and was actually through a a program um um with um an organization up in Albany or as I like to call it Cuomo town um, they, they a play, a play called an organization called Living Resources, which has a program called CEP, which stands for College Experience Program. Basically, wow. the program is is conjoined with the College of Saint Rose and allows students who receive an IEP diploma a chance of a college experience. And when they mean college experience, they mean college experience in every study in, every homework, even how to live independently such as cooking clean cleaning doing things that you would you would do when you're not living with your parents i mean mm. let's be real real do you really want to live with your parents for the rest of your life i don't think so <laughs> well as someone who has autism you've been a champion of it but what challenges do you face did you face do you still like what challenges have you faced and and fought uh, during this time what well one thing I have fa- fa- faced was was socializing, and and you know social skills you know, was something that and that was a was the biggest obstacle because as I was always shy, I I I and certain noise factors got in my head where where I started to bang back and forth, back and forth like a like a monkey be banging its cymbals, but. But you know, um, as time rolled on, on I realized I had to get out of my shell. Come twelve years ago, I went to Ireland and went back in oh oh eight, and and I realized that was the starting point of me getting out of my shell when I when I was heading on to foreign land, interacting with pe- people other with other um, with other types of disabilities besides autism, and from that point on, I was like, there's the starting point of breaking out of my shell. Oh, boom! But I, but I had to escalate late to to more. 
come to my to my years down in Tappan Zee High High School, where the shell really and Tappan Zee was a public school, right? Just for people. Yes, a public, it was a public high school. I was still in special ed, but I was in a district-based pro program. Okay. So come to um, Tappan Zee, Zee High School, or where my shell started to break even further by interacting people who were regular ed and. As I'm interacting with you, know, I realize that you know these these people are nice, and that they have, and that some of their their pro- problems are are no different to those of people with special needs. And I've come to this conclusion that all the the students at OU that were always complaining into me how they were mean to them probably had their own issues and would try to drag me into their their ring of fire. Wow, and and how did that what ring of fire? Tell us, elaborate on that for us a little bit. Ring of fire meaning their own issues at the high school. Okay, gotcha. Right. So, what were you were you able to get a ten, sort of like accommodations or intensive focus on what you needed to do to accomplish goals in high school, or were you kind of thrown in the mix? Well. I mean, when I first came to the district-based program at, at Tappan Zee High, which is named the Cove program, well, there was there were a lot of TAs. There were there were were some main teachers who taught who still taught. Although, though I spent most of my life at OU Boces with special ed, the remaining the remaining um then of my final years of special ed was there, and they gave me certain tools I need because you know. My days at Tamsi were the final two years of my special ed life before trans transferring to Albany life life. And I had has like certain assistance when it came to like um figuring out a certain math problem, figuring out a certain reading problem. But sometimes they would ask me for assistance because with the with the high knowledge that I that I ha- have on certain thing things, they would often ask me like, Well, can you can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Can you help this this student with this? Can you help this student with that? And I'm like, well, yes, I can. And you know, at the same time, here I am a student, and there are times where I have to go and play a TA because some of the TAs were a little inexperienced, and so I had to go and help out at certain points. That's amazing, Andrew. Andrew Maggio is supposed to be talking to you. You've got sort of your own brand going on here, and we're getting into that in a second. But in the public school setting, a couple of questions. Were you amongst others with autism, with autism, or what was that ratio like? Well, well, for the first 12 years of my, my life, the majority of students were mainly on with autism, some verbal, some nonverbal, some, some who have a physical sense, also known as Rett syndrome. Um, and okay. and but then but then come come 2010 when I left OU Boses I as I started to interact with with other stu- students students and I realized you know I'd done this once before by interact with other people with disabilities such as our little adventure over in the Emerald Island then then and and I realized you know if I'd done this in Iowa what makes you think I could do the same thing thing in the other school as well so. Mm. Keep going, keep going, keep going myself, I, self, self. But sometimes when when there was a high high school girl that came around, they were kind of curious about me as well, like how I interact, how I how I'm handling these noise, how am I handling how I'm handling certain sensory issues. Well that's simple. I had had teachers who really they did hardcore core type lesson lessons and were not afraid to break certain rules because the majority of te- majority of special ed te- teachers will often in be nitpick and think and not challenge as much no i had had teachers who really challenged me me to go the extra mile and there's one particular teacher who really there and i'm not sure if she's able to listen to this or not but if if you are hearing this claudia man and you really put me in the extra mile, and I want to want to give huge thanks to you, you. Well, that that is awesome, and I'm sure they appreciate the thanks. And as someone who's gone through the public school system, 
is it a case by case where autism or autistic kids should be able to be in the public school or are there cases where they may not be able to be in that setting? What is your role on that? Well, it varies on situation. As I men mentioned before, before, before there are, are verbals and nonverbals. Now, now there was this, now for me, me because I'm in the verbal sense, I was able to handle the public school si system no problem. But some some students might have a little little challenge with that. What I would recommend is that that first I would put them in a special ed, ed setting. If they feel like they're ready, if they feel like they're going to challenge, challenge themselves by doing regular ed learning, then I say, you know what? Do it. Right. Right. Mm. But if you're not, but if they're not ready to do it, wait a couple of years because the age limit you know, to graduate special ed is up to 21. So, so you do. So if they decide to challenge themselves by a by age 19 or 20, they only have a minimum short of years. I would challenge challenge them when they're in their mid-teens. You know, basically put them in a special ed setting at first, but then wait until like they're like. 16 or 17 and then see, see what they're like in a regular ed setting. Well, let me ask you this, because to be honest with you, your speech right now is so good. How did you get to that point? And obviously speech is a, a worry for parents with their kids who have autism and whatnot. How did you develop your speech into being able to be a public speaker? It was not that what is a long story, which may, may require three parts, but I'll give okay. you a short version. So what got me into public speaking was all the way back in, 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 the, in um, November of 2010. There was a trip I was going on, which I was not too keen on wanting to go, but I had to go, go anyways, because it was a class trip. Yeah. I was going on this class trip and and we were going to this little art gallery. We, now I've, I've, now I felt like, well, what's the point of me going to an art gallery? I'm not going to learn anything from these man-made art. But, but then, but then all of a sudden, and and as I'm starting to get used to this trip and starting to like it, I get pulled aside from one of the teachers. I'm like, uh oh, I'm in deep doo doo. I can't really swear because I'm not sure how public this is. But anyways, um, I, I mean, um. I was like, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I'm like, uh -oh, I'm in trouble, and they saw me being bored of the trip. But turns out they wanted me to do like a a speaking engagement to a group of teachers in one of the um programs at Rockland Bosies. And I'm thinking to myself, self, well, this is something I've never done before. How am I going to do this? This what what are my tools? So. As I got adapted to my first speaking engagement, I realized, you know what? This is something I want to do in life. I mean, 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 mean. This is something I think I can do because, as I realized, that was just step one. And then, as time rolled on, done, and I realized, my public speaking needed a proven. Then, so I took like a public speaking class with the um with the um, CEP program out at St. Rose during my senior year. And I've learned so much and I'm much. And after that, I learned to adapt, adapt to doing speaking engagements, not just in colleges, but in some high schools too. Now- And are you still doing that even though we have COVID? Are you still doing that through Zoom or what, what are you doing now? With, well, with about a couple of weeks ago, I did a um a public speaking in on in via Zoom, but it was for but it was for the um the CEP program because you know when you become an alumnus, you get like like special special privileges on is on like giving back to the program who helped you. So, so basically, um, usually I tend to speak about autism, the do's and don't don'ts, don'ts, cha challenging them the difference between encouraging and discouraging. But in this case, is my tutor allowed me to speak whatever, whatever I wanted. And and she want and I said, why don't I talk about theme parks? I like about theme parks. So we set up our little speech page. I typed in in the Zoom account and one, two, three, boom, 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 I'm speak speaking, speaking on speaking to them about theme parks and everyone seemed interested 
am I speaking? Well, that is why I have you on today also, because I know you're doing, uh, you want to give us uh, some takes on the what's going on in the autistic community um, during COVID-19. But I want to ask you one other thing first. When mm -hmm. I first started this interview, I saw I called you inspirational. And I know as someone who also is, you know, disabled of some sorts, calling inspirational is not really do it justice. It's more educational what you're doing. So what is it like when, you know, you're done the speech and say, oh, that was so inspirational. Do you like it? Do you not like it? What's your take on that? It varies on what you mean by inspirational, though, because I always watch, watch like these news channels who go out and do like a news coverage story about a person not with either autism or Down syndrome, living out their normal daily lives, and they say such an inspiring story. Well, I don't want to be this guy, but unfortunately, they're just living their normal lives. There's nothing inspiring about, about owning your own degree or, 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 or working in, out at the gym. Yeah, yeah. You're, we're just living our normal lives. We're just, just trying to make a living. I mean, yeah, we may have disability, these, but that doesn't defy us for who we are. Uh, we go out, we do, do what we need to do to pay our bill, bills, bills, to pay our food, to pay our clothes, owns, owns, and that's just being normal. The best. Right. Yes? No, go for it. The bet you were about to say the best way. I'm curious. The best way, the best way, way, the best way to see it as something inspiring is as if you are surviving, as if you are a cancer survivor. It's if you were a, it's if you survived a terrorist attack or in re recent days surviving COVID-19. That inspiring. Tell us about that because I'm, I'm very curious as to what the autistic community and what you're dealing, how you're dealing with this whole quarantine, how you're, what you're telling others during this time. Well, how I'm surviving COVID-19, I haven't lost my sanity, so knock on wood. <laughs> But, but you know, you know, you know, here we are. We're all social distancing, and one thing we always encourage people on the on the autism spectrum is socializing. And yet, yet we can't go out in public as much because of this pandemic. And go out is if we were to wear masks or gloves. But there's going to be a point where this virus blows over. And they're gonna, and everyone gets to socialize again. But then you realize you're looking at your child on the on the autism spectrum, thinking, "Oh no, he, my son, my daughter lost, lost, lost all the socializing skill." You know, well, say, say, make like a video game, hit the reset button, and try to be patient and teach all over again. I'm sure there's some things they may have forget, and. But some, but one, but sometimes they may may remember some of the social skills. And mm. part about it is we are living in a in a generation where we have so many video video conferences like Zoom, yeah. Oh, oh, that you know you don't need to worry about losing social skills because, after all, this is 2020, not 1920. Well, that is that is very true. Um. So where can people connect with you to get on a Zoom with you to get some inspir there we go, inspiration from you from it, but really get some education from you as well? Well, you know, like like let's like someone were trying to um to let's say set up a speaking engagement of some sense or Yes, absolutely. Well well original originally I had one email mail address but I'm created another email email mail out just strictly for for um for speaking engagements and to keep things professionally because I can't give out my personal email you know just for a speaking engagement because you know you don't know what's on my personal email just stick to my my professional email you know and um so so I would either contact me me, me by by the email artspeaker91 at gmail.com and if you want my number you're gonna have to contact me via email 
I am currently setting up a up a website. It's in due process. I can't make any guarantees when these when will be set up. I want to say September, but I also want to say January of next year. Yeah, because you know most websites were not built in a day, particularly right, right. Well, this has been very intriguing, Andrew, and and uh, talking with Andrew Maggio, he's at St. Rose. And so, this is your livelihood, or what else are you doing? Um, as a, is this your work? Is this how you're able to bring income in? I hope you don't mind me asking. I'm just curious. Well, what I'm currently doing right now, I'm right now in retail, but because of this pandemic, I'm currently on on furlong. But what I usually do for working is um is Marshalls in Burlington. Now, having two jobs is not easy, but you know what? As long as you have a positive attitude, you can get through this through the day and night, night lickety split. Well, uh, employers that may be hesitant to hire those who have autism, what are your, what's your advice for them? I mean, do you feel like there's still a stigma to hiring or has that eased up a little bit? I could definitely say that has eased up, up, up not just a little bit, but a lot. Because when back in 2015, when I was applying for Marshalls, Marshalls, I thought I was going to have to wait like two or three weeks. But as soon as I did my job assessment, I was hired right on the dot. And I wow. thinking to myself, wait a minute, they only hire people right on the dot on, on television. I must be dreaming. But <laughs> I was awake, wake. I was awake because I, because... That, and they that, hold you accountable just like anybody else, right? I mean, you're you're treated as an equal there. Well, you, well, to an to an extent. I mean, sometimes times I get sometimes times some of my coworkers tend to joke around 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 a bit, but I had to remind them, um, you know, you know, you don't want them. We have to keep working. We can't joke around as much. Well, do they ever joke on you or not really? Well, I sometimes times they joke on me, on me. But you know, I've been in retail long enough to know the difference between appropriate humor and inappropriate humor. But sometimes, what times it will be a point where they would have a an inappropriate humor, and there's some of our um, uh, people from a um, a special ed ed program coming in to help out. And what I would do is, if they were about to start an inappropriate humor, I would shout out minors uh, as their way of saying keep the humor cool. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, I, I guess that's leading to another question I have as we talk about this: thick skin. You, you do public speaking. You do. You were getting out of your shell. How important is it um, to have thick skin uh, as someone who does have autism or someone who might have a disability? How important is that for us to survive in this society? It's very important to have a open mind mind when interacting with people with autism and and an open heart heart because you know you know um while some people may look again at a person with autism and think that we have no emotions, we definitely have emotions we cry, we bleed, bleed, we get angry, we laugh, laugh. We have, have on-key humor. We have off-key humor. We're basically humans, just in a different sense. Well, that is important to note, and I, I think it is. Um, because sometimes people with disabilities are just seen as like a quota or a diversity chip and not really a human being. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And one of my key missions is is inclusions in colleges, particularly with the IEP diplomas. Now, don't get me wrong. Um, there are some colleges who are, are putting in the inclusion for students with disabilities. However, there is one particular diploma that they're not seem to be honoring as much as, as they should, and that's the IEP diploma. I mean, over time, I always hear how colleges is say they're all for diversity, but if you leave students with IEP diploma in the dust, you're not really for, for diversity. Because there are people who are, are African-Americans who have IEPs, 
Philippines, Latinos with IEPs, Asian American and women and, and folks in the LGBTQ. And you say you support all of that. But if you're gonna 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 leave the if you're gonna leave those with those who have IEP diplomas in the dust, guess what? You're a hypocrite. Well, that is, we have to get, you know, we got to do another conversation about that because IEPs, um, I'm sorry, uh, you know, diplomas of that nature are, are interesting to talk about as well and how people should be hired with GEDs and other various diplomas as you, as you referenced. Andrew, I've seen some things where Autism Speaks has been criticized. I don't know if you want to go down that road, but why has Autism Speaks been criticized um, by some? Out, out in the social media world, I I can answer that that that, and I can honestly say that the person who started this anti anti autism speak thing is it's clearly someone who is an anti vaxxer sir, sir uh, claiming that claiming that they spread any stupid rumors about about autism speaks and speaks speaks speaks, and and it's and I might think to myself. Well, where are they getting this information that Autism Speaks is is mostly doing it for research and not for parenting care? Simple. It's obviously made up rumors. And the only other person who would ever want to make up rumors of rumors that be anti-autistic are anti-vaxxers. Because you may have... Interesting. Oh, yes? Very interesting. So you think the anti-vaxxers are part of the... Anti-autism speaks. Is that what Abs- you're saying? Absolutely, because you know, anti-vaxxers have always been anti-autistic, and they will do any ways to out out the autism community. Hey. Well, uh, has that? I mean, I don't know. I I just don't see that in the mainstream media. Is there a conversation like that? Is there a conversation of that nature? I feel like that should be told more, don't you? Absolutely. The problem is the mainstream media you know, doesn't seem to grasp and understand that people in the disability community are feeling discriminated in certain way, ways. Days. The only time they ever talk about the disability world is just the good side. You don't hear much of, of both sides of the spectrum. Um, and I like like say this rant over and over, not just with people who give who help me with 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 it, with services I give, but I say this to my parents and I get like blanted results, but you know, you know, like like people with people who are like ABC, NBC, CBS, yeah, and sorry, it's Alex, so Fox News, news, they're all excited. And they need to see both sides of the disability community, not just one. One. All right. Well, you know, we've been talking about the speaking. We've been talking about that. I want to know about your family. Like, how has your parents love you, right? But how has your, how has family played a role either in, I don't know, being nervous that you have it or or distance? Have you had family distances? Go for it. Have they have has family distance from you, or are you still all tight knit group? Well, as of right now, now I'm currently with my parents as part of shelter in place with this this COVID nineteen. But overall, my parents, particularly my mom, has really pushed me to live independently. Beautiful. Me to get out there, there, and I was a bit nervous this on living independently, but you know. So my parents parents really wanted me to live independently. They helped me out in any ways I can to live independently. They helped me pay my rent. They helped me with some toiletries. Sometimes I like I like go out uh, my way of saying, well, how can I repay you? Uh, everything okay? Yeah, I got you, Andrew. I, I got you. So uh, families, though, do tend to distance themselves from a parent that has an autism child. And, and we have to say, no, that's not right. And <laughs> it's sort of like, I guess, reversing human nature, isn't it? To, to drive away from something that's maybe scary or daunting. But how can we encourage families to stick together to approach going through autism together? Well, um, to keep 
to keep them taped together is to be be in unity together. Like, like with my parents and my grandmother and one of my own relatives, we try to stay together. Together, we try to see see that 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 we are all equal together as family. Family. I mean, every Thanksgiving, I go down. Down, I go back down to the Hudson area to be with my family, and they and no family has distanced them, themselves. Beautiful, together. beautiful. By the way, Andrew can be found at oughtspeaker91 at gmail.com. We were on speaker this morning, and Andrew, thank you so much for spending some time with us, and, and we will definitely have you back. And as social distancing does. And tell us what your tips are going to be after that. I'd love to hear from you. Well, after once social distancing then stops, and once this this horrid COVID nineteen stop stops, I was I have have this clear message message. As as go out, be together, be one, be 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 happy, and just be lucky that. That you have someone, someone who cares about about you, and who is willing to go the extra mile to be your friend. Mm. Well, and I hope friendships can grow stronger through this and after this, right, Andrew? And by the way, you're right. We got to do a Zoom call of all our physically challenged Irish American youth team guys and gals. I mean, it's been too long. Twelve years. Twelve years. All right. We'll make that happen. Andrew Maggio, thanks for joining us. And again, Ought Speaker, sorry, let me get that again. Ought Speaker 91 at gmail.com. That's where you can find Andrew Maggio for more information. Andrew, thanks again for joining me. No problem. And I'm Alexander Garrett. Have a great rest of your Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So, thank you.